but I was committed to changing. So I find Elisa Nichols. I wasn't looking for her, but I find her. And I don't know what else she talked about, but I took that. And I'm like, oh, these money beliefs, these are just lies that I tell myself. Honestly, that, that Chris, that is probably one of the most profound things anyone said on my podcast. Welcome to the Prime Life Project podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to the episode of the Prime Life Project podcast, the place to help you both mentally and physically become the best version of you. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I've got a returning guest. Before I introduce today's returning guest, uh, I just want to say that over the last couple of weeks, uh, I think last two weeks, there's been a lot of me talking. And the reason why there's been a lot of me talking is that I actually had to cancel the original date uh, with my guest as uh, I had a, an emergency come up with one of my clients, uh, again, on the day of the, of the podcast, no less. Uh, and this guest... Like very kindly uh, move things around so that I could be there for the person that needed me, um, which is why I've heard a lot of me. So this has been rescheduled. So as I say, Mr. Chris Fenton, welcome back to the podcast. And again, thank you very much for rescheduling and making time for this. Um, how have we been? Dude, I'm better than ever. Yeah, things are rocking. So uh, excited to be here with you today. So I, said, I don't have many returning guests. I think you're one of the few guests I've had on before. But after the last episode we had, you actually then did a private workshop for my clients, which went down incredibly well as well. So you're one of my favorite guests. The energy that you bring is awesome. But I've got you back on today to talk about your new book. So can you talk to me? What is the title of this new book and what actually made you write this? Yeah, it's uh, so it's called uh, Think and Grow You, uh, How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Level Up Your Life. And so the, the reason Daniel and I wrote the book is, you know, having been an entrepreneur for 24 years, and I know you can attest to this. I know what it's like to be stuck. Um, I know what it's what it's like to live in fear and doubt and worry. And I also know what it feels like when you're doing everything possible and nothing changes, <laughs> right? It's like, it sucks, right? I mean, it stinks. And, 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 and dude, you're a coach, you're a world-class coach. And it's painful as a coach to watch people get so stuck that they think, that quitting and giving up on their goals, dreams, and aspirations is really the only path. Mm. And I was so close to doing that very thing, mm. um, but I didn't. And I, you know, my my way of yeah, staying stuck was I was trying to, you know, I call it rearranging the furniture on the deck of the Titanic, right? Mm. I was trying to manipulate the outside world and fiercely insist on remaining the same. And dude, it wasn't working. And this victim approach to life, which, you know, what we've been through the last few years, I think it's an all-time high, like, you know, the outside world and being dictated by what happens to us, um, it wasn't working. And I had a lot to lose, man. I was going to go, I was, you know, staring at bankruptcy, staring at another divorce, staring at business failure. And so I realized that I was the common denominator to all my problems and I had to change. And so... I went all in on my personal growth and development. I, I treated, you know, growing me as like an Olympic athlete would treat their sport. I mean, I wasn't interested in it. I was totally freaking committed. And so I invested, you know, six figures in personal growth and development. Dude, I studied thousands of hours. And so I wrote the book because I'm just asking people to invest a micro fraction of the cost and spend, you know, less time. And my prayer is I help millions of people you know, get better results than me and do it in a shorter period of time with less mm. investment. So mm. 
it's uh, it's a big uh, it's a big purpose driven thing for me. I think the biggest thing that you've touched on there is yes, you're an entrepreneur, and that's all things that entrepreneurs face. But as you sort of alluded to, it's all the common problems that every person I feel right now, regardless of what their job is, feels the same. They're feeling stuck. They're riddled with fear, doubt, worry. All of these things are common things that everyone is struggling with. So it's not just about the entrepreneur. Obviously, the entrepreneur, that is kind of what it is anyway. That's like, we know what we're signing up for. I feel like a lot of people didn't sign up for this in life. Like they, again, you're sort of growing up and you've got these big dreams, hopes and aspirations. And then life just keeps hitting you with stuff. And again, I feel like we haven't really built up uh, enough resilience to this sort of stuff. So it can really generally not people. And again, people like me and yourself and all the guests that I have on, it's again, we've been through some stuff. And then it's a case of, right, I've gone through here. Let me guide you so you don't crash into these rocks. And then hopefully it makes their journey a little bit easier. And I think it's a, an amazing thing that you're doing here. Uh, I've done the exact same thing last year as well, where basically I had a massive turbulent time. Uh, and I, I didn't quite invest as much money as yourself, but I invested five figures into figuring myself out, like quite a substantial amount of money at the time. Because again, I realized I was, again, the common denominator. And we're going to talk about this again. We talk about the five pillars of your book. But one of the biggest things is actually taking responsibility for your part in whatever's gone on. No matter how small that may be, taking responsibility for your part in that and actually turning the finger inwards and doing some work on yourself, it can only benefit you moving forward. Yeah, I mean that's that's I uh, you know I, I had to take one hundred percent responsibility. That's obviously a chapter, and it was it was it was really the turning point when you know I'm staring at my wife and she's heading upstairs to figure out if she's going to stay, and I see all I see is dominoes, dude. Like I just see dominoes. It was uh, it was a turning point. I get goosebumps every time I talk about it. We just ended a a horrific fight. I'm two hundred fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt. I'm a financial services entrepreneur in the Great Recession. My kids are at that time um, five and and two. Uh, I'm in Colorado. They're on the other side of the country in Atlanta, Georgia, with their mom. And I was, it, dude, it was just, you know. But up to that point, is everyone else's fault? It's my ex-wife's fault. It was the economy. It was my business. It was my whatever, right? Mm. And then when she was like when I asked her, why are we still staying? Why are we still married? And like our fight ended and she goes upstairs. It was just dominoes, man. And, and I talk about in the book and, and I'm very real about laying it out there, but I was like, Oh my God, it's not my ex-wife's fault because she never had a chance. Mm. I was going to jack that thing up no matter what. Um, my kids hadn't seen me. They don't really know where dad is. My business is failing. Um, I'm drinking too much. I'm out of shape. My spirituality is a mess. And I'm just like, dude, you need to humble the frick down. Mm. And you got to freaking change. Mm. They don't need to change. You need to change. So that was actually, Daniel, the first time in my life I took 100% responsibility. And it was from that platform that, you know, we came together and we were able to launch. But if I, if I wouldn't have, if I was going to continue to deflect it, dude, who knows where I would be? I still wouldn't be married. Pretty sure I wouldn't be an entrepreneur. Um, probably be a miserable drunk somewhere. I mean, I don't know, but dude, I was, I was going down, a, I was going down a, a, a spiral, and uh, it, it, it wasn't going to end well. But that's the thing, though. You, you get a lot of these these people that are stuck in the the, the "woe is me" mindset and that, that defeatist mentality. And like it's, you, like you, as you sort of mentioned, we all know people that again, the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and it's life happened to me. Like it's just the whole thing is like life has happened to me. Like and everything's always someone else's fault. There's there's always a story behind the reason why they got there. 
And I think the biggest part of this is, which we're going to start with in a second, uh, I think the biggest part is people don't really understand the power that they have to actually change their life. We're never taught it. So we're completely ignorant to the fact that we have so much control of our life and we don't ever realize it. So we don't actually exercise it. Yeah, no, it's uh, you're right, man. I mean, we, we don't we don't use near our near our capacity. Man, I'm, not, I'm not using near my, you know, maybe I'm using 20% of my capacity right now. I mean, the power of the subconscious mind, you and I study that. I mean, it's, it's extremely powerful. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, people don't, people don't really, you know, understand it, because I don't think they ever really get super clear on what they want. And for me, the first steps desire and, and the clarity of it. And when you have the clarity of what you want and when, you know, and that's the top, you and I study personal development and I mean, what do you want and clarity and it's one of the most beat up topics in personal development. You got to know what you want. got to know why I got to know all that. Um, and so you got to know it mm. and you actually got to sit down like I finally did. And I'm like, what do I really, 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 really want my life to look like? And Marlo and I came together the next day and at, and we had that question as a couple, what do we really want? Cause I didn't know what she wanted. She didn't know what I wanted. There was an expectation gap there, which ruins all relationships. And so we got clear on what we wanted, but we spent time on the why. And so the whole life happens to me. I, I think life happens to me because that's where your focus is. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you don't get what you hope for. You get what you expect. You actually expect things to go wrong. You expect things to not turn out. And so leveling up your expectations, which I talk about in the book, is huge. Mm-hmm. But the first step is you, you got to know what you want. And and all personal development is dialed into the law of growth. I mean, that that is the the overriding rule. What you focus on expands. So if you have no focus on what you want and you're not clear on that, you're going to focus on what you don't want and you're going to keep attracting it and you're going to keep the victim story alive. So I think one of the things that that people need to understand is get clear on what you want, focus on it, figure out why you want it, deep, compelling emotional reasons, usually tied back to people. Hmm. And you can start moving forward and get focused there versus focusing on the the disaster that could be your life. That's what I had to do because my coach was like, the price you have to pay, brother, is not hard work, albeit you got to bring that to the table. The price to be paid is staying focused and clear on what you want, regardless of what the outside circumstances are telling you. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things you sort of mentioned there is that the, the laws of the, of the universe, like, I'm not going to go into them now, but again, it's something I've been studying myself. There's laws of the universe, and whether you believe in them or not, they are working. So you might as well learn about them and get them working on your side. Because as you said, they're working for you or against you. And you can either consciously choose them to work for you or you can be focusing on it anyway. And again, something I, I sort of, um, one of my business mentors uh, spoke to me about, she's basically turning around and saying that if you've got a lot of poverty in your life, then great job. Like you're working with these laws amazingly. The problem is you're just directing them in the wrong way. So you're clearly very good at doing these things, but you've you've not actually got the focus. So you're, you're, you're really good at getting poverty, actually try and flip it the other way around. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a really good way of looking at it. And again, like law of gravity, you don't have to believe in it, but try and step off a building and you'll find out that it's there. So yeah, like I said, and people might think that's a bit, no, say I say people think it's a bit woo. Actually, the, the direction of the podcast recently, I've had some really good guests on talking about this sort of stuff. 
I think anyone on YouTube, I'd actually link them across the top, especially talking about spirituality and energy and stuff. So that's basically what me and Chris are talking about here. But let's talk about these five pillars of the book, because yeah, we've got five to go through, and I really want to make sure that we're sort of deep diving some of these. So uh, the first pillar, get out of your own way. So can we just sort of talk about that? Like, that's obviously the most fundamental thing is that most people are in their own way. So what do you mean here about get out of your own way? Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's awareness of thinking patterns that create the results that you don't want, right? Mm -hmm. So whether that's worry or stress or fear or doubt or, you know, judgment or, you know, beating yourself up or, or whatever it is, right? And it's, and you're in this victim mindset of like something happens to me and then, you know, I get triggered and then a pattern of thought happens, and then the thinking creates the feeling and the feeling creates action. The action creates the result. And so, you know, it, it's okay. Um, you know, or perfectionism, I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it's basically trying to figure out what are my patterns of self-sabotaging behaviors that take me where I don't want to go. Mm. And it's like what you just said, you invested a lot of money in trying to figure out probably those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, here's, when these things happen, I need to choose different thoughts, feelings, actions, and it's really, you know, kind of the whole know thyself thing. And so, mm -hmm. um, and it's more of a curiosity standpoint. It's curious. Mm -hmm. I still have these patterns, right? But it's I'm, also, it's I, also I here what we talk about. What we talk about here is like your attitude as well. So people's attitude, your attitude is just your thoughts, feelings, and actions. So exactly what we talk about there. It's like people's attitudes. They need to actually have yeah. a look at their attitude. What, what is your attitude towards whatever it is in life? What is your actual attitude right now? Because people use the word, you yeah. change your attitude. Your attitude sucks. But you say, well, what is attitude? People don't know. So for instance, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but like what you're talking about there, yeah. the thoughts, feelings, and actions, that is your attitude. So yeah. what are your thoughts, feelings, and actions? And are they actually aligned to the life that you want? Because chances are they're not. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but you, just, you were just dropping gold. Yeah. I was like, I just got to jump in there. Right. No. That, that, that's what I was, I was actually doing. I think I was doing a whole pack, uh, podcast on that, about the attitude and you just sort of launched into it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's huge. And, and it's, and it, and you know you're on, you're in your own way because you don't feel good. Mm. You're in resistance, right? And what what creates resistance is what is shouldn't be happening, mm -hmm. right? Like this shouldn't be happening. You know, like the pandemic went down. I'm a financial services entrepreneur. I had like three kind of bad days, right? And it was horrible. And what happened? I, I get all that. I'm not making light of it by any stretch of the imagination. It, it impacted everybody, but. At some point, I was like, all right, I got triggered. I'm resisting what's happening, meaning I'm in fear. I'm in doubt. I'm in worry. And I know that that's not a good place to take action from, mm -hmm. right? So, so I, you know, in the tools I share in the book, some, some technologies, some just different things I use, I, I know I have to shift. And so, you know, the third day, I was like, okay. I got to get to accepting what is, and this is it. This mm -hmm. is acceptance. It sucks. And my coach taught me, dude, acceptance is you don't need to love it, but you need to stop hating it. Mm -hmm. And from acceptance is the only place you're going to be able to create anything new. And, you know, so we pivoted to virtual. I mean, changed my business forever. We had a record 2020, 2021, 2022, not because of me, but I was the leader that pivoted and said, Hey, it is what it is. So what do we want? What's the next thing we need to do? Well, we need to do these things. And so, so what I'm so basically getting out of your own way is like, okay, 
just being curious and studying yourself and like, okay, here's the ways I sabotage judgments. Usually number one, mm-hmm. judgment of yourself, judgment of others, right? A worry pattern, right? Whatever it is, perfectionism, holding yourself back, waiting, hesitating. So as you study yourself and their exercises in the books, very action packed, you know, exercises and the writing super tight, um, that people can get through it really quick. Just do the exercises to figure out, aha, this is kind of how I screw myself over. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you, when you're aware of that, you start the pattern again, then you can interrupt it and do something different and train your brain to do a, a new thing. I think that's the, that's the key thing here. Like you said, it's the, the thinking patterns. And the first thing is actually becoming aware of the patterns. And that's one of the biggest things I've had to do is take a look at the patterns. As I said, I was a common denominator in a lot of this stuff. And like I said, although some, a lot of this stuff had gone on, had nothing to do with me, I just happened to be in that situation. I'm looking at it and thinking, right, well, what responsibility can I take? And as I'm thinking back, I'm like, wow, these are the patterns that I've got. And then you're looking down, you're seeing it. Actually, as you said, you're writing it down, you're seeing it. That's one of the things that people don't want to do. They're thinking they know these things. Like, oh, I've done that thing again. How many times have people said, again, listen to listeners, like, we've done, oh, I've done that thing again. And it's like every single time, you know, you keep repeating the same patterns, but then we don't know how to change it. So as you mentioned there, it's becoming aware of it first, but then more importantly, do something actually about it. Can you give one action step? Because I want people to go and buy the book, but what is the one action step that people can do to actually take a look at their patterns? Is the one thing you can recommend people can do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't counted, but there's there's lots of concepts but for me it's always about you know there's me plus a thought equals a result mm-hmm. okay and there's nobody else there's just you and your thinking so if i have a result and i don't like it then there's me well so you know for me i had money challenges um you know your health relationships so if you don't like the result sitting down with a journal and, you know, for me, like I wrote the word money down and I wrote down everything I make up about that word. Mm. Right. And it was obvious why I was broke. Right. And one of my quotes in the book is I finally met the enemy and it was I. Um, it getting an understanding of the thinking that's creating <clears throat> the situation is powerful and, and just know that we're flawed. Mm. And and so anytime I do that. And I said, what am I making up about it? I'm making up a story. I have the story out on paper. Well, it's obvious why I was broke. So what I had to do is I had to shift it to a more empowering story mm-hmm. that attracted wealth into my life. And so so it's just so for me, it's always point A, Daniel. It's point A of like, what am I thinking on this? Mm-hmm. And and not beating yourself up because you're a dis because you got dysfunctional thoughts, being curious about it. Mm-hmm pulling it out. And for me, it's not about necessarily fixing it. It's like, okay, this, these are the thoughts that create the results I don't want. And when they pop up, instead of paying attention, I'm going to shift it and do something different. So, Mm. you know, point A is always where I go. It's a nice little segment onto the second part, which is the shift. But before I go there, I just want to, what you just said there again, is absolute gold for people that, again, just to to succinctly summarize what Chris was saying there. If you're struggling with a situation, like Chris said, write down your actual thoughts on that because you have a story that you're telling yourself, which is basically from your beliefs, your subconscious, like Chris said. Like you've got these thoughts, these beliefs, these feelings around, let's say money, let's talk about money or fat loss or relationships, whatever it is. So write down 
everything that pops into your head. So what I do with this is I get my clients to, to write down everything. You've got a timer, 15, 20 minutes. You cannot let the pen stop moving. So what happens is you turn off your thinking brain and your subconscious will start to talk to you. And then you will actually see what you really think. Because the problem is you won't want to write down the truth on the paper and you'll overthink too much. So by not letting the pen stop moving, keep it moving, you can't overthink. You just have to write down what is, like Chris is saying. And then from there, you can then do something about it because you're then faced with the actual truth and the truth is the truth, whether you like it or not. So again, love that. And then we talk about the shift. So the second pillar, so the first one is get out of your own way. Second part is the shift. So again, a big part of this is about taking responsibility and drawing a line in the sand and starting to know that you're worth it. So can we go into a bit more detail about this? Like what is this shift and what does it look like? Yeah, for, for me, it was just, it was just understanding that, uh, you know, and, and, and one of the things is, you know, I, I had to change, right? Because what, what woke me up to changing and and the reason I wrote the book Daniel is I, I don't want people to get to where I was mm -hmm. right to where my back was really against the wall it doesn't have to be that way and one of my favorite quotes is you know you don't you don't have to be sick to get better um and so you're either growing or dying you got to be committed to growing and I, I start the book off with a quote from author Jeff Shore a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. Mm. And we saw it in the pandemic, right? A life spent seeking comfort resulted in an entirely uncomfortable existence. People were not prepared financially for what went down, right? And they waste a lot of money on being comfortable on stupid stuff. So, so for me, it was like, okay, who, who's paying the price for me being the way I am? And dude, it was heavy, right? My wife, my kids, our finance, I mean, it's, it's a freaking mess. And most people won't change until they actually connect the prices that others are paying. And they don't necessarily want to look at it. So, so the first step is, you know, and my pervasive theme in the book is you got to be willing to change. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to humble down. You have to be willing to change. Yeah, it's a must. It's a must. You got to grow. There's no mm -hmm. option. Mm -hmm. Seeking comfort, there's no comfort definition in nature. Trees are either growing or dying. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeking comfort, you're in decline. And so you got to be willing to change. You must, must, must do the work. And then the third part of that that people sometimes debate is, is it going to be worth it? And I had that one dialed in because in college, I started asking successful people, is it worth it? Or was it worth it? And Daniel, they were never confused by the question. And they always answered it emphatically, yes. Mm. So I started collecting evidence that the work I was going to go through, no matter what I had to go through, was going to be worth it. And so a lot of people debate, is it going to work? Is it going to be worth it? So, so before I get into the shift, I just, I just want to understand, like that's the, you know, the pillars tying to my overall message is you got to be willing to change. You must do the work and the work is going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And so when you're sitting there going and you're getting out of your own way and you're going, holy crap, like I'm not beating myself up, but the objective reality is people are suffering because I'm not willing to change. And I'm, I'm fiercely insisting on staying the same. So when I connected to that, that gave me some energy, right? And I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And so the shifting is <clears throat> what did I have to do to, and you know, so here's a pattern that keeps me broke. What am I going to do to interrupt the pattern 
what am I going to do different? How am I going to be different? And, and by doing that, then eventually, right, as you work on yourself, uh, it's a quote I use in the book from Mel Robbins, it doesn't work overnight, but it will work over time. Um, things change. Mm. So the shifting is what are the what are the things I'm going to do different, the steps, the habits, uh, you know, if I want to make a change in my life, I need to schedule it just and they're small things, dude. These are small steps compounded over time. People that struggle try to change, right? We're talking mid-February. Almost everybody lost their goals and their aspirations from the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. You see it more than I do. They probably can't find the gym they joined. Um, and they try to make, they start the year by, you know, changing 25 things at once. And for me, it was like, I'm going to pick a habit. I'm going to focus on that focus on for 60 to 70 days. I'm going to change five to seven things. So, so that's really what shift is do different, be different, think different. And I give people lots of tools on how to do that and use my personal story. Um, and I think that's what's unique, unique about my book is mm. the personal stories that support everything I'm teaching. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing when you've gone through something yourself, you kind of know the journey. And that's why when I go talk in schools, the, the head teachers or the deputy heads who are always there, they're always surprised at the connection I have with the kids. And it's because I go in there with complete raw, like genuine authenticity of like, listen, here's all the rocks I've crashed into. Please don't crash into these rocks. And when you're doing it with passion and you're genuinely wanting to help people, that's when they can see the authenticity. And again, just sharing the personal experience. Again, it's a real powerful thing. Um, big thing you mentioned here as well about decisiveness. Uh, I guess when it comes to like, wanting to change and again, the quote from the book said, decisiveness is a mental muscle and it must be developed. The more decisions you make, the more decision, the more decisive you become. I think that's a big thing. People struggle with decision-making. People like to ask around and they like to, they don't trust themselves. And that's the biggest thing. And I was talking, um, me and Mikey do a thing called the circle of men. I think I was talking uh, the last time I was on it two weeks ago about the problem nowadays is people can't critically think. They struggle to think and they struggle to make decisions for themselves because they don't actually trust themselves. I think that's a big part of this, isn't it? Like when you're going on this journey, actually trusting yourself that you can do the things necessary to change. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it, it's enormous. I mean, I, I did a personal development um, uh, a group called Size Seminars and um, you know, I'm in the middle of my mess, right? And I'm I'm searching for answers, but once again, I'm not interested in changing. I'm committed to changing, right? Like I'm like I'm gonna figure this out. And and it's funny you bring I get goosebumps every time I talk about. It. So we did a we we climbed a we did a rock climb. What wasn't wasn't huge. It was probably four or five stories high. It wasn't a big deal, right? Um, but we had to repel, and I'm like holding on for dear life and the guy's staring at me and he's like ah you don't trust (laughs) and you don't trust yourself you don't trust yourself that you're gonna make it down or whatever and you know that's why i love that seminar system because it's all experiential and that was Mm. my god 15 years ago and i'll never forget it um and so yeah it, it, it is, it is trusting yourself. And, and what happens is, um, you know, in a great story, I, I went to Colorado State University and I uh, went to, I don't, I don't even think the story's in the book, but I went to this alumni event and it was this uh, Macy's.com president. Mm-hmm. And he'd been the president for like 30 years. So 
so during his tenure, like, you know, the internet was a joke. Okay. And then, you know, then it was Macy's.com and everyone was making fun of it. And the big box stores were like, that's going to fail. No one's going to not want to go to a store. They're not going to order online. Right. And then it became a big deal. And then the, the big box stores of Macy's started competing with the web presence and they became, you know, very confrontational and then they figured out how to work together right and so he was doing all these going through all these things and he wasn't quite trusting himself and finally came in one day and they had i mean they were spending millions of dollars on consultants and engineers and all he said i don't know how to tell you this you're all fired we need to pull up the freaking anchor and leave the dock and that's what people need to do, man. They need to pull up the, they need to get clear on what they want, but they, they, they tr everyone tries to map it out. They try to, oh, how am I going to, how am I going to do it? I got to make sure all the lights are going to turn green before I leave my house. Like you, you, you're better than you think you are. And the only way you're going to get clear is by forward movement. That's mm -hmm. it. So he's like, we need to pull up anchor, leave dock, get moving in the direction of what we want, get moving in the direction of the dream. And understand that it's a process and we're gonna have to adjust our sales. Mm. And so that's the key is get clear on what you want, leave the dock, pull up anchor, focus on the next step in front of you and, and trust the process. But if you don't trust yourself, my biggest fear, brother, is I get to the end of my life with major regrets. Mm. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, I never trusted myself. And damn, that's unfulfilling. Mm. Mm. It's a big thing. I, that, one of my biggest things is not, not reach my full potential. That's one of the biggest things that drives me every day. Make sure that, again, that's why I've got the tattoo on my arm of the, of the hourglass, like just every day. So I can look down at it and be like, right, I'm actually doing something. Because again, as the hours, minutes tick by, like you're only going one way. So my, it's a constant reminder to myself of like, that's why I've got it down there. So every time I look down, I, I see it. Um, Again, absolutely dropping gold right now. This is this one of the things where, again, for the listeners, you probably want to be going back, taking some notes because, like I said, Chris, you, like I said, in a good way, we're going all over the place. Like we're going in the right direction, but again, we've got tangents going off. So again, there's, there's golden nuggets dropping off everywhere here. So again, like I, even it's one of those episodes again where I wish I could pause it because I do so much like listening to stuff now. Do you know any good nuggets come? I want to just pause you, take some notes, and then I can't do that. So I'll be listening back to this obviously myself again to to take some notes on this, but. Let's then go on to relationships. I think this is a big thing that people struggle with. Uh, and the biggest thing you talk about here is that people pleasing. And I know for me, a big part of my story and up until again recently has been people pleasing and not speaking my truth. And over the last 12 months, especially, I will not do anything that I do not want to do. I will speak my truth. I will say how I feel. Because again, the truth is the truth, whether you like it or not. The truth is either going to come out now by me saying the truth, or it's going to come out down the line in six months, when we're six months further along down the line, and we've got to correct the mess that the last six months has caused. So for me, it's just being very authentic, as you mentioned before, like your intention. Like, what is your intention? My intention is always good. It's always pure. It doesn't always mean I make the right decisions. It doesn't always mean I make the right choices. But I try every single day to be a better human, and my intention is always good but I won't people please anymore. So let's talk about this relationship. Because I think a lot of people get stuck in the people pleasing mentality. So can we talk a bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, the, the chapter is called approval addiction and, um, and, and it's a real addiction. And where it comes from is, you know, we need to get the approval of our 
parents and those around us growing up. And it's a strategy, right? We do good, we get their approval, we get benefit, uh, you know, and so, and it works if you follow a traditional path in your life. But if you want to become an entrepreneur, you want to become a professional athlete, artist, whatever it is, and you start breaking the mold, you are going to, the, the, the ones that love you are trying to protect you by giving disapproval. And if you're in sales, uh, and it's a quote in the book by David Sandler, your need for approval is the biggest check you'll ever write in your life because you won't follow through. You won't ask tough questions. You won't ask for introductions or referrals. There's lots of things that you won't do. And uh, my, my mentor on the book, Steve Siebold, he's a personal development rock star. Um, he has a whole workshop on it. And he has somebody on his team that like did his whole doctoral dissertation. And it's, you know, they, they do brain scans of people that have a heroin addiction and someone that's in full approval addiction, trying to get the approval of other people. It's an addiction. The brain scans are identical. They are looking to feed it with the approval of other people. So I was a full-blown approval addict hmm. and I didn't even know it. Me too. So, yeah. So, so in my first marriage, I got her approval and good check mark uh wait here i need to go get their approval and their approval and their approval and their approval and their approval hold on i love you but i'm not going to feel great unless i get all their approval and our marriage failed and i didn't know until i was in a i was in a seminar that that same seminar that i learned to trust myself i needed to and we did this construction project, two days, unbelievable. Uh, we stayed up for 48 hours, got this thing done, service project for school. And we were going through a line, just all guys, 100 guys for 10 days. And we were acknowledging each other for the effort. And I was like, oh, my God, I never got dad's approval. I never got my dad's approval. And so... Uh, so we, you know, we, we showered and slept and then the, we did this lineup and they had these just Daniel, these world-class facilitators. These guys are just unbelievable. And this guy named Tim O'Kelly, I get goosebumps every time I think about it, came up on my right shoulder. And he's like, what are you getting out of this? I'm like, I have an insatiable appetite for the approval of other people. And he said, it's exhausting to watch you try to get everyone's approval in this seminar. And then he asked me a question that changed my life. Who pays the price? Who pays the price for that? And I was like, ugh. And it was my kids, my financial situation, right? Because I'm spending, buying the house, buying the car, mm -hmm. putting up a facade, broke as a joke, trying to get everyone's approval of, oh, Chris is successful. Um, you know, ignoring the people I have approval of because I just can't write often fed, never satisfied. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just insatiable appetite. Um, and so I, I still, I still have approval addict stuff, right? Like I'm launching a book and, you know, a couple people are like, eh. And so, but I'm aware. Mm -hmm. And so it pops up and I'm like, Oh, there you are old friend. Mm -hmm. Nope. Not today. You're mm -hmm. not going to take my piece. Right. And I'll turn to an affirmation or scripture or something to to change it. But, you know, if, if, if I could show you the numbers of my business from 2008, once 
I learned I was an approval addict. I mean, it, it transformed because I could really coach people. I could tell the truth. I could be honest. If they got butt hurt over it, that's their deal. As long as, as you said, my intentions were real about serving and helping other people, but it's uh it's a real issue, man. And the last thing, and, and so anyway, so, so my mentor, this is, you'll, you'll love this. So he did, uh, he always did a ton of research and he would sell into corporations and he, he would, he sell, he sold mental toughness to sales organizations for fortune 50 companies. And so he, he surveyed 25,000 people that had quit sales, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, I just, I don't like rejection. So that's what they thought it was. He said, do you think you're an approval addict? Guess what percent of the 25,000 thought they had an approval addiction problem? So I think we're super low, super high. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to back people and think they're more self-aware. So I'm going to go and say that 85% thought they're approval addicts. Point two oh, percent. Oh. <laughs> Point two percent thought they had an approval addiction problem. I gave people too much credit. But that's the reason they quit, right? Fear of public speaking. What is that all about? Fear? It's approval addiction, right? What people would rather die and speak to a crowd right it's like the number one fear anyway so and that's that that's what's part of the book right awareness of it um and then one last story this is so good so steve steve understood that he had it a little bit and he kind of cured it in high school here's how he cured it so the way you cure it is exposure to the fearful event mm-hmm. okay the psychological term is systematic desensitization so here's an example. So Steve uh, wasn't super popular in, in high school. He was a, he's a world-class tennis player, but he was always away from school. Nobody knew him because he was always playing tennis. And, and so the way he cured himself is he said, okay, I want to go to prom. Uh, I'm going to ask out the captain of the cheerleaders, right? Hottest, hottest gal in the school. And so he asked her, she shut him down. And he kind of felt the pain, right? Mm-hmm. Got rejected, didn't get her approval, beating himself up. But he started understanding this. I got to keep exposing myself to the event. Mm-hmm. So he asked the next one, <laughs> and then the mm-hmm. next cheerleader, and then the next cheerleader, and the next cheerleader. And he struck out 14 times. Mm-hmm. But by the time he got to the last cheerleader, he's like, eh, I don't need you, <laughs> right? Like, he consistently exposed himself to the rejection event and then he kind of hardened and he understood it for what it was. Hmm. And that guy has no approval addiction problem. He is as bold as it gets. But then like I said, that's, that's the thing again, especially at such a young age, the high school and stuff, it's once you expose yourself to it, and as you mentioned, you become completely hardened to it. That's why some people can handle stuff that's happened in life because they've been through so much. There's just an, it's just another thing to them where if you've not been through a lot, and again, a lot of people are like sugarcoated from it. Again, sugarcoated from the truth. They can't handle it when it comes. Whereas if you get used to being told the truth and you surround yourself with people that always tell you the truth, whether it hurts or not, you get e- it's, it's easier to be like, okay, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people nowadays really need to pay attention to disapproved addictions. It's, it's, I didn't realize, um, again, they had the same addiction as heroin, but 
I've got a quote that a lot of the youngsters nowadays, I'm not sure what it's like in America, but um, there's a quote where they're living a, a champagne lifestyle on a Budweiser budget. And you yeah. see all this stuff on social media. It's really, really easy to pretend that you're being somebody or something to, to rent the Lamborghini, to do this, to do that, and post all this stuff on social media. But all the people are doing this, most of them, because again, I say most of them, like the ones that I know who are very, quote unquote, Insta famous, massively miserable. And I know they're miserable because they talk to me and tell me about it. And it's just understanding that when you see behind the scenes and you can see that all these people are doing it is for validation, when the only validation they need is validation from themselves. So I've got a quote, I've said it multiple times on the podcast, I probably need to get it tattooed somewhere. You're not broken, you don't need fixing, you need to find yourself, forgive yourself and love yourself. And it's that love yourself that most people struggle with because they think that they can only do that when other people love them. No, love yourself first. It becomes a lot easier for the people to love you. So again, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I think a lot of people can really relate to that as well because I think we all in some way, shape or form by our nature want to be accepted and validated. Yeah, I, I, I fully believe. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. It just depends whether it's ruining your life or not. Uh, next one, the game plan. So again, I love this. It's this you're so American. You're so American. <laughs> so talk to me about the game plan. Well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, you, you got to work on your thinking, right? But, but sometimes the mistake that people make is they're like, okay, once I'm fixed, then I'll get moving. And uh, Mike Dooley, I don't know if you know Mike Dooley is, he's a, he's a monster in personal development. He writes, a, it's called Notes from the Universe. He's just an un, unbelievable guy. And he talks about his journey of kind of losing his business and getting in the personal development space. And, you know, and, and he, he was a horrible speaker, but he had a, he had an image and a vision of being an international best-selling author and, and a speaker, but he had no skills and no tools. Hmm. And he had lots of head trash, lots of limiting beliefs. And so he's like, well, what's, you know, what's the next thing I can do? Right. Cause, cause, I, cause I love what he says. He's just like, you know, pick the least suckiest path and take it. Right. And and I heard him speak uh, at a seminar. And this was years ago. And I, I planted some seeds for what I'm doing today. But I mean, dude, I was like. I, I mean, my vision was stretched. I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. But I was like. You know, he calls it the cursed who's and the cursed house. I was like, how am I going to execute? on on getting to mount everest and and you know and, and that's where i always go when i set big visions and big goals is it's like how am i going to do it how am i going to scale the mountain how am i going to eat the elephant in one bite how 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 that's why it calls the cursed who's in the cursed house so you got to get clear right but then he said kick ass with what's in front of you change my life hmm. like have the vision and then pick the least suckiest path, move, and kick ass with what's in front of you. And have a great week. I was like, oh, my God, that's so it, man. Like, that's that's the deal. And I could literally just feel the stress leave my body. And then Bob Proctor spoke. And he said, I'm going to tee it up for the next, you know, he was in his early 80s. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he passed away last February. I mean, one of my heroes. And he said, I'm going to tee it up for the next you know, decade, but I'm going to do it in a calm, relaxed, 
manner. It's calm urgency. Changed my life. Mm. And so I got clear. And some of the things are happening today. I mean, those are visions and images I set, you know, 10 years ago. Um, And I held on to it. And I'm like, okay, I have to, it's a must for me to grow myself, to put myself in a position to be successful there. But I got to execute the plan, whether I'm ready or not. I got to work on myself in the morning. I got to do that. But I got to start executing my plan, whether I feel like I'm ready or not. Mm. And I I have to get there. So the game plan is, you know, the clarity of it all. What's my point A? What's my point B? And, you know, my point A was at that point – broke, debt, stress. My point B was financial independence. But if but if I tried to map out Mount Everest summit from base camp one, it wasn't going to work. Mm. And so I picked the least suckiest path. I pulled up the anchor. I took the first step in front of me. And I just bought into the fact that I could execute a daily plan, a weekly plan, and move forward and if I made small, daily, weekly course corrections, there would be power in the compounding of small efforts over time. Mm. But also do it in calm urgency and also not delay my happiness into the future. And I think I say it multiple times in the book, there's no happy ending to an unhappy journey, dude. Mm. And so, yeah, so so the game planning is execution how to's you got to work on yourself there's thinking that needs to be changing but man you must take action on your dream every single day mm-hmm. i think i've got um goal achieving activities that took off every single day so again it's like I don't, I don't know if you did this or not but one of the biggest things for me was like you said so it's so the point a is where you're at right now to so take inventory of where you're at like where actually real raw honest unadulterated version where are you at right now and then it's like, right, where do I want to go? And then from that place, you then put yourself into the place of where you want to go. And then what kind of person do you have to become to do that? And then what kind of things does that life have? And then you just reverse engineer it. Like you sort of said, you just reverse engineering it, reverse engineering it. And then right now, right, what steps going to take today that's going to move me forward towards that? And as you said, like it's way off in the distance, but it starts one step at a time. You win the day. When you win the days, you win the week. When you win the weeks, you win the month. When you're in the months, you win the year. That's how it works. It's so, so simple. And I say to people, let's just relate it back to mental health a little bit. All you've got to do is win the day. But if you're struggling to win the day, all you've got to do is win the next hour. And if you're struggling to win the next hour, just win the next five minutes or just the next 60 seconds, whatever it is, just take those small, steady steps in the right direction. As you said, but take action. You've got to do something. Like you have to. Life isn't just going to happen to you. There's a great analogy of story. I don't know whether it's an analogy or story about what a lot of people are doing is they're sat in front of a fire pit waiting for the heat not realizing they've actually got to put the wood on and light the fire in order to actually get that. Like people want this amazing fire, this amazing life, but they don't realize they've actually got to do something. They've actually got to put the wood on and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that's kind of how it works. And once you've got this big fire going, other people are going to be drawn to it and they're going to want to help you. And they're going to want to sit by the fire and it creates a nice community around you. But I think it's a big thing of like just actually seeing where you want to go and there's reverse engineering. I think there's a lot to be said there. So again, the game plan. I love that. Final point, the dream. Kind of, I don't know if this is uh, kind of what I've sort of alluded to here, but like. I, I, affirmations, love affirmations, uh, visualization, all that sort of stuff. I'm going to assume that's what we're going to be talking about here. So talk to me about the dream. Like, what, what is this all about? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've I think I've talked about you know just just the the clarity of it all, and you know, and, and it was uh, you know the world class. I mean, middle class people are addicted to being comfortable, and they don't know what they want, and they actually know they could have a dream life, but they're not sure it's going to be worth it, and they're afraid to fail, whatever the hell that means, right? Mm. And so they just stay in this addiction of comfort and world-class thinkers. They want to solve a big problem, help as many people as possible. And in the process, the bigger the problem is solved, the wealthier they get. Hmm. Right. And, you know, so, so, so the, the middle class is operating from, from comfort, uh, the the middle class mistakes upper class for world class the upper class are addicted to themselves and those are a lot of people on instagram saying look at my lambo look at my jet look at all that crap right and the world class are people that just they don't care about any of that they just want to make impact and so so the so that so the 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 middle class, they never get really clear on what they want because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of approval addiction. They're afraid of all that stuff. So they just, they just totally stay stuck. And the world class is like, no, um, I want to get to the end of my life, like what you said, become the best version of myself. Mine is that along with what's, what's the impact that I want to make. Hmm. And so the clarity of it is huge. The reasons are everything. Right. Like I, I just, I, I run, run them off. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I want to glorify my Lord. Like, Hey, thank you. It's all him. Uh, I want to maximize the gifts I've been given. Right. I want to help tens of millions of people. Um, I want to be a world-class philanthropist. I want to, um, you know, there's generational wealth I want to do for me and my family, but it's not to feather their nests. It's, it's the, the compounding of a lot of money over a period of time and the giving component that can come from that amount of money going for generations is freaking amazing. Mm. So and that doesn't have to be your dream. It's just, I know what my dream is and, and I'm clear on it. I'm living part of it. And thanks for helping me do that brother by having me on here. Um, but it's, it's all tied back to contribution. It's all tied back to people and the only way you're ever going to experience fulfillment is through growing yourself and contributing to others. That's mm -hmm. it. It's mm -hmm. the only place for fulfillment. And so I think the dream is fulfillment and, and the growing of you and, and the making an impact of people. That's, that's how it's going to work. But, but anyway, but whatever it is, have one, mm -hmm. right? Because what happens is, uh, you know, and I, and I don't think I talk about it in the book, but I've, I've done some, some posts on it. Where do dreams go? Mm -hmm. We have them. Where do they go? Well, they, they fall in this quadrant of our lives called important, non-urgent. Right? What mm -hmm. else falls over there? Health, relationships, spirituality. And then something happens and then it becomes urgent and important. And you can't do much about it then, unfortunately. So what do we do? We spend our lives in urgent, non-important, with the the weapon of mass distraction, mm -hmm. the cell phone, right? 
And so what happens with dreams is what you don't think about falls away in atrophies. So they just fade away. And then we settle, which my mentor calls the word settle, the most offensive word in the English language. Mm -hmm. And we settle our lives, our dreams to fit inside of our current reality. Mm -hmm. And then we arrive safely at death full of regrets. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. have a dream, man. That's, that's the gist. Get clear think, on it. Spend I, I, time I, talking. I, I don't yeah. know if you do this. I was going to say, do you write yours out every morning? Is that a thing you do? Like I know with affirmations, like I, I am very every single morning without fail. I write my dream out. I have it every day, and I take myself to a place where, as I'm writing, I'm again, I'm not exactly a wordsmith. Like Mikey's the wordsmith here, but I, again, I, 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 I'm there every single day without fail. I'm writing out my dream. Is that something you do? Is that something you believe in? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've done that. Um, for me, it's you know, it's, it's a, you know, it, 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 it's a twenty plus minute session of you know, the quietness and, and, you know, asking what, what is the Lord's vision for my life? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like, like what, what is the will of, of, of that? And for me, it's, it's seeing it and imaging it and visualizing it and feeling it. And, you know, so, so whether you write it out, you visualize it, image it, you know, whatever I, I do, it is. I do both. I do both. Yeah. I do both. Yeah. Yeah. I do both. yeah. yeah. The, the, the key is, is, you got to have it front and center. I mean, my, my mentor, one of my mentors used to put a penny in his shoe mm. and he would walk around every time that penny would move in his shoe. Like that was his reminder of his dream. That was his, I mean, he's pretty psychotic, but he's worth, you know, mm. half a billion dollars. Mm. And he, he's blessed a lot of people. World-class people have reminders. So you must, you know, it's, it's, it's on my phone, right? Yeah, my, my, right? Mine is, mine's on the back of my phone. Mine is literally on the back yeah, of my phone. Yeah, back I've, I've got, phone, yeah, it's, yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Post it. It's, it's on, the phone. It. It's on, my, it's on my, my thing. Yeah. Vision board on the back of my phone. Yeah. 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 Got it. Vision boards work. I mean, you know, and, and the middle class is like, well, that's weird. That's hokey. And then, you know, as my coach used to say, Hey, if your way is working great. Mm. Uh, but for me, I understood the power of the mind and, it's really easy to get distracted. Hmm. So having having reminders everywhere and having you just got to be constantly reminded of the dream. But hmm. if you don't know what your dream is, mm -hmm. or, you, or you live in someone else's dream, that's what I would say. Like it's, it's living with intent and purpose. Yeah. Because if you're not living with intent and purpose, this is what I talk about in schools. If you're not living with intent and purpose, what's going to happen is you can get to the end of your life and you're going to realize you live someone else's dream and someone else's life for you. But actually, if you're intentional about it, this is where I'm driving my boat, this is where I want to go then that's it. Because at the end of the day, if, if you've got the sea of life, you're a boat, whatever that means for you. And you've got to have as a boat, a, a direction. Otherwise you're going to sit there in the sea of life. If you don't direct that boat, the sea of life will take you where the sea of life wants to take you. And before you know it, you're a destination you don't like. When actually you can drive that boat and navigate it to Barbados and it's absolutely beautiful there. So you can go and enjoy it. There's a quote from your book that I really like as well. It says, uh, success is possible. But we must focus on areas that increase the odds. Love that. So again, where your attention goes, your energy flows. Uh, it's an inside game as our beliefs determine our results. We must do the work to upgrade our beliefs, to take effort. Sorry, it takes effort to change. That scares people. Instead, the masses create excuses for why they can't do it. So for me, the one thing we'll talk about there is the beliefs. Because that is the biggest thing here. Like our beliefs and our paradigms, however you want to call them, like obviously paradigms are a collection of things, but... These fundamentally change how we view and see the world and ultimately the results we get in our life. So what can people do about understanding their beliefs 
and looking at their, their, their beliefs and doing something about it. Cause that's like you said, that's ultimately what's going to change it. So what can we do about that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of tools and tips in the, in the book and um, but it, it is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a world-class concept. It, it's called metacognition and it's the capacity to think about what we think about. Mm -hmm. Right. So world-class people operate from metacognition. So it's the ability to think about what I think about. So it is that awareness of not allowing the chatter and, and, you know, the monkey mind to just continue. And for me, it was like, once again, I had, I initially had to change my money beliefs. So I was like, okay, well, what, what do I think about this topic? Cause the word money is neutral. It's neutral. What you bring to it's the, what creates the result. So it's, it's the meta. So I concentrated on the metacognition of, you know, money and it was all limiting and I didn't take, I didn't beat myself up because I had had trash around money because I, I inherited it from generations of broke. Mm -hmm. So I inherited it. Like mm -hmm. I didn't have much to say about it, but I could change it. But first was just the metacognition, the awareness of, right. And then it was, you know, for me, it's always been journaling, man. Like if, even if I have, and I use some techniques in the book, if I'm having some issues with some people, right? Usually I'm making up stuff that's that's not right. My ego's in charge, all these things. So for me, it's always about step one is getting it on paper. What is it that I'm making up about that? Hmm. And for me, that's always empowering because I bought into the fact that I could control my thoughts. And that became my passion. And I'm, I, have, I haven't arrived. I'm not a guru. I don't have it all figured out. But it's encouraging to know that I'm way better than I was even a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly, I'm 51. I got more energy at 51 than I did at 41. Mm -hmm. You said he's going in the right direction. And that's what's all about, that continual yeah. progress moving in the right direction. And I'm yeah. exactly the same. I, I look back at how I was this time last year. And I'm a completely different person. The problem is like you, you, you sometimes forget how far you've actually come. A few things there I wanted to talk about. A story that is really relevant. I think that resonate with a lot of people. I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast before or not, but when I talk in schools, uh, I talk to year, uh, I'm not sure what grade this is because I can't do the conversion, but uh, year 10, 11, 12, 13 uh, in the UK, which is basically high school, end of high school. Um, and basically I work with the kids that are troublesome, like kids that basically disrupt the class, bad attitudes, et cetera, et cetera. So, I do whole school assemblies, I'm oh, sorry, whole year assemblies, and then I basically talk to these, these kids. I do a lot about belief systems. And this one kid, we're talking about money. So that money is, and they've got to explain it, blah, blah, blah. And he went on a massive tirade about millionaires, about how millionaires are assholes, they're horrible, they steal their money. And literally, I just let him crack on. I went, okay, how many millionaires do you know? And his face dropped. He went, what do you mean? I said, how many millionaires do you know? And he went, none. Well, that's interesting. I said, so how do you know? I said, I know four. I said, they're incredible people. I says, because actually to earn that amount of money, you can't be any of the things you've just described. It doesn't work. Like no one wants to work with you. No one wants to do business with you. It just doesn't work. And his face just completely dropped. And for me, it was very obvious that those beliefs have been implanted from his parents or whoever is, is whoever the closest people around him are. And how many people have that belief around money or love or whatever it is, happy relationships, like families, all of these things 
happiness isn't for me success is unachievable all of these things and we're walking around with this rucksack of beliefs and then wonder why the life that we've got isn't fulfilling because we've never stopped to as you say question them and i think the biggest thing to understand here is beliefs are something that have no factual proof because if they had factual proof they'd be facts and not beliefs so as you said become aware of them you can then start to question and challenge them and you realize like a house of cards once you flick them most of the time they'll just crumble down yeah, um, uh, you know Lisa Nichols. No. Do you know who she is? You you have to look her up, man. Unbelievable. She's probably top ten speaker on the planet, and you know her story is phenomenal. Like she, she was homeless, like ran out of money for diapers, like was using blankets to cover her son. Like it crazy transformational story, and she's she's just unbelievable. But she she doesn't call them limiting beliefs because because sometimes people see limiting beliefs and they're like oh my god limiting belief I'm 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 you know I'm fractured I'm less than and what changed her life was she just called them lies I tell myself that's that's what she called them oh so oh I love that yeah it was yes. almost like it was outside of her and Ooh. and so that's that's what I started doing uh, you know once again because because. And I find the the Lisa Nichols, and I find what I what I'm looking for because I'm clear on what I want. I want to have a better relationship with money, and I want to, you know, I had some big money goals, but I was committed to changing. So I find a Lisa Nichols. I wasn't looking for her, but I find her, and I don't know what else she talked about, but I took that, and I'm like, oh, these money beliefs, these are just lies that I tell myself. Honestly, that that Chris, that is probably one of the Huge. most profound things anyone said on my podcast. I'm not sure if that is for my guests or not, but for me right now, that is unreal. Like, because people don't really understand what beliefs are. You try to explain it to them. It's a thought you keep on thinking. It's a thought pattern. It's literally most of them are lies that you've told yourself. And again, here's the key thing, the cool thing about this. You can lie to yourself in a positive way. So you can replace the beliefs with another lie, which is actually empowering and positive. The yeah. problem is we're lying to ourselves in a negative. And again, like it, it, it's honestly that it, it, for me, you talk about that the, when you um, heard Lisa talking, that right there has just hit me. I'm like, wow. So that for me, it's had the same effects that it had on you, but it has on me. So uh, thank you for sharing yeah. that. That genuinely is insane. Yeah. yeah. I can hear Mikey laughing yeah. in the background as well. I think Mikey's got it as well. <laughs> um, Chris, honestly, this has been fantastic. I said time's absolutely flown by. Um, where can, well, a few things I said, I'm going to get all the links for your book down below. Uh, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, and where can people purchase the book as well? Yeah, uh, just uh, chrisfelton.me is the website. So you guys can can find me there. And um, I got I got three things going on. Obviously, the book. Um, I got a keynote, uh, and I got workshops. And so the the way the book is written is uh, literally I have unlimited combination of keynote talks, unlimited workshops I can do. So, so anyone that's intrigued and wants to hire me to come in and talk to their teams or whatever, they can go, hey, cover these six concepts or whatever. Hey, Chris, can you do a workshop on this? So, um, so I'm just excited, and you can contact me through uh, through the website if there's if there's interest or you got a podcast or whatever. But uh, yeah, man, just here to help. No, absolutely incredible. Honestly, this has been another fantastic conversation with you. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs>